right, everybody. If we're ready to get started again, I promise this will not take long. Um, but it is important. So can I tell you all, I know that people have a tendency to like think that church budget time is boring. Uh, I don't want it to be boring. It doesn't have to be boring. And so I do a couple of things. One is uh, I like to do a quick kind of state of the church, kind of talk about what's happening globally and nationally and then in our church. And then we talk about our budget and what we're doing to obey God. So um, if you can click for me, brother. Uh, first of all, uh, we have a very simple mission. It's just a simplified version of the Great Commission. It's to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ. We don't have fancy mission statements. In fact, you could argue this is uh, this is just a simplification. Uh, if you wanted to go to the next, next phrase, uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Uh, first of all, this is predicated on the reality that Jesus is king right now. He's king over everything and everyone, whether they acknowledge that or not. Um, so he commands us to go make disciples. There seems to be, like, you can interpret this as, as you're going, but of course we know that, like, we send missionaries. Like, we, we believe in this. Uh, we're to make disciples, we're to baptize them, and we're to teach them what he has commanded. This means good doctrine, and of course, making sure we're teaching obedience. Uh, and then he's with us all the way. Keep going, brother. So we simplify this, go to all peoples, make disciples, baptize them, teach them to obey. Um, if you've seen my state of the church, because a lot of times I'll do a whole sermon on this, and I'll go through and talk about how we're doing each of these things. I'm not going to do that today. That's just to simplify that, like, we want to build our church around these things. Uh, we don't want to just say, oh, cool, we're going to do this other random thing. Uh, we don't want to even kind of ad hoc try to connect stuff and say, well, this kind of fits this. We really want to be about making disciples. Cool? All right. So some things to know about what's happening in the church globally uh, and because these things are changing very fast right now. First of all, Christianity is still the world's largest religion at 2.5 billion people. Uh, and Christianity is growing at a rate of 1.17% uh, that is faster than the current 0.84% population growth. So by God's grace, globally, we are growing faster than the population. That's awesome. We want that. We want to see it faster than that. Um, so we also see Christianity is growing particularly fast in Asia at 1.5% and in Africa really fast at 2.77%. Praise God, let's pray, pray that that continues, and let's also pray for good doctrine there. Because I will say, sadly, America has exported the prosperity gospel to Africa and to Asia, and there's a lot of false teaching that's happening alongside this. Let's pray that that is beaten and that we get good, faithful gospel teaching. And we believe faithful gospel teaching is happening, but we just also know that false teaching often is sneaking in there. So we also know the gospel is spreading. Uh, only 54% of Christians live in majority Christian nations. Uh, so this is related to what we talked about today. For a long time, uh, even about 120-some years ago, 95% of, of Christians lived in predominantly Christian nations. So the idea is you were in England, it was predominantly Christian, and that was where most of the Christians were in nations like that. Now we actually have more Christians in nations that are not predominantly Christian. Does that make sense? So, like, it's kind of cool. We've infiltrated. Pray that that continues. We also have the problem of some of its infiltration, which is good, and some of it is that uh, what were per previously Christian nations are now no longer dominated by Christianity. So there's a give and take here. 
We need to pray for the gospel to keep spreading. Uh, the other thing is we believe there are less unevangelized people in the world. In 1900, more than half the world's population, 54.3%, was unevangelized. Now that has fallen to 28%. So think about that. Uh, roughly, almost 2,000 years after Jesus, it, we were still only at 50%. We have seen massive growth in the last 120 years. Praise God, the gospel is getting to people. It's not, you could argue there are a whole lot of tribes out there that maybe haven't heard, but the gospel's spreading. Um, different interpretations, by the way, of what does it mean for the gospel to get to the whole world. I recognize that. Uh, but praise God, in any case, we're happy for the gospel to get to more people. Uh, the other thing, and if we are comparing by decade, it appears that fewer Christians are being martyred right now. This is a tricky number, though. I'm just going to acknowledge. They look at a decade, and uh, back in 2000, the decade rate of martyrdom was 1.6 million people in a decade. Uh, now we're at like 900,000. However, it's obviously a tricky number to gauge. And we have seen what appears to be a pretty significant bump during the 2020, 2021. There seemed to be some increase in persecution, especially. This is, by the way, speaking specifically of martyrdom, not persecution in general. So we, we'd like to say that maybe things are a little better. We, we're not real sure. Um, there are some positive things that might say, okay, maybe we have less people being martyred, but we know persecution is up. There is still a lot of persecution and martyrdom happening, but hopefully some good things. All right, next slide, brother. Uh, state of the church in America, uh, we got some problems here. So 57% of churchgoers uh, from previous years did not attend person or watch online in 2022. So think about that. We're, we're talking about people who went to church regularly uh, in 2019. 57% of those people do not go to church anymore at all. Not even if you count online. Which means COVID uh, and online church was perfectly designed to get people weaned off of church. Um, and we lost more than half of church attendees, not us, our church, but in America, people abandoned the church. Um, and that's just a reality. That's what's happened over the last two years. Online church is not church. Simple as that. Um, and people realize that and they're like, well, if I'm comfortable with this and I don't need this at all. And that's what happened. 52% uh, of church budgets go to staffing expenditures. This is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a reality, something to pay attention to. A lot of churches are uh, lean towards covering staff. I actually think that's a good thing. Uh, we want faithful teachers doing the work. 17% of church budgets go to buildings and facility expenses, uh, which actually I think is reasonable. That's not a bad thing. Uh, but you talk to some churches, by the way, that's much higher. Uh, it fluctuates some, but the average is 17%. 80% of churches have zero debt. Praise the Lord. Um, we don't really have debt, um, and I'm, we're thankful for it. We don't have debt, actually. Um, I'm not, I can strike the really. We don't have any debt. Um, so praise God for that, and praise God that a lot of other churches don't have debt. Uh, can we maybe pray in that direction? I know that there are churches that are dying uh, who cannot afford to pay a pastor, and there are church plants that are coming along that would be happy to have buildings. I know we're not functioning in that kind of same kind of function, but um, can we pray that some good faithful churches would get together? Uh, because there's a lot of debt-free churches with nice buildings that have like 10 people in them. Um, and Or some that even have a reserve, that, but they can't quite hire a pastor. And so praise, praise God, there's a lot of bivocational pastors like me. We just pray. There's a lot of things that need to get worked out in these future years. Um, I'd like to say we're ahead of the curve, but I'm biased. 
Uh, church giving increased in the last year by 3.6%, but inflation hit about 10%. So the giving increase hasn't really touched inflation for most churches. Um, so that's just a reality. Uh, pray against the abomination of unequal weights and measures, which is what inflation is. It is an abomination and God hates it. Um, yeah, I know that's like firm, but that's reality. It's unequal weights and measures. It's bad. Anyway, uh, 39% of Americans rate clergy as having high honesty. Uh, that is way down compared to nurses at 89%, doctors at 77, and teachers at 77. Um, means that people trust pastors less now. All right. 46% of pastors under 45 and 34% of those over 45 are considering quitting. Uh, this is a concern, brothers. I am not considering quitting. Um, I've tried before, and it, I really say it feels like the prophet Jeremiah. I can't not do what I'm doing. Uh, so pray. Honestly, it is hard. Um, I am blessed. It's a lot easier in our church, brothers and sisters. Uh, I will say right now, man, we have elders. We have a church that loves one another. It's a whole lot easier. This is about the but that's the best experience I've had in ministry, all right? Um, but a lot of pastors are really struggling right now, uh, ones that we need, um, and I can feel it. I, I, my friends are struggling. I know them, and they're struggling. So pray for pastors. Uh, side note, uh, 20% of adults believe the Bible is the word of God. That's really low uh, for America. Um, millennials, here's a positive thing. Millennials are showing an increase in church attendance. 45% of non-white millennials are weekly church attenders in comparison to 35% of white millennials. In any case, we're seeing a bump with the millennials, you guys. Pray that they will continue to repent and believe the gospel and that we grow. 48% um, of evangelicals, and let me read this carefully. 48% of evangelicals deny God's immutability. That's the idea, like they deny that God is unchanging and perfect. That's 48% of evangelicals, not 48% of professing Christians or 48% of, of the culture, people who claim to be evangelicals. That means 48% of evangelicals are not Christians. I mean, that's plain reality there. You cannot deny that God is God and be a believer. 65% of evangelicals deny that people are born in sin. Uh, this is according to the State of Theology survey that Legionnaire Ministries does every two years. Um, I would cautiously say that probably that means that 65% of evangelicals are not faithful Christians. That's a big problem, you guys. Uh, there's other stats related to pastors that don't hold to biblical worldviews, um, which of course we're seeing spilling over. I am also noticing if you please don't get TikTok because it's just the Chinese trying to steal information from you. Um, but if you see, it is very popular on TikTok for people to just kind of make stuff up that there's plenty of plain, clear, biblical and historical evidence against, and they don't care. People are, as we say, people don't see pastors as trustworthy. Uh, but they're happy to, some person they've never met or heard of does a 30-second clip on TikTok that supposedly denies scripture. And I'm like, we've, been, we've got all the answers to that. This is no problem. But people don't seem to want to hear that as much. So pray for, honestly, pray for faithful apologists on social media. Because there's some faithful ones doing work out there. Um, pray for them. Anyway, tricky things in the U.S. these days. All right. Uh, now, for our church. Uh, we planted one new house church in 2022. Praise the Lord. We thank the Lord for that. Uh, Adam, I don't know where you're at, but praise the Lord. Thanks for what you're doing, brother, and everybody that's, that's helping out with that. Uh, we had one new elder, uh, Adam. 
Um, I think we did that in 2022. And now it hit me that I'm like, was that the end of 2021? 2022. We added two new deacons, John Jones and Brian Rowell. Of course, Brian is moving away. Um, heart is broken over that, but we, they've been faithful. They're doing good work. Uh, John is still with us, and we're going to pray about potentially more deacons. Uh, we have had two church discipline situations, and I think it's just worth noting them. They are always hard. But I am proud of how our church continues to pray for those who are disciplined, how they've ministered to the people who have been wronged. It makes me proud. And I'll just say, some people, like, most churches just don't do church discipline. And then when you do, people are offended. And so praise the Lord that you guys have been with us as we, we dealt with those things as God has commanded us. We have nine new members. Hey! That's actually a big percentage for our little church. Six baptisms, which is, man, feels good to baptize. Um, we have seen continued numerical growth. That is a cool thing. Um, it's not the only, like, we don't get excited about that only, but it is cool, and we're thankful for it, right? Um, and we see, more importantly, people are growing in the faith and knowledge of our Lord. Um, I am in the unique position that for most of our church, as we've grown, there's just a few that I'm just getting to know, but for the most part, if somebody asked me about someone, I'm not going to do this, but if I was forced to answer to where someone was at spiritually and how they're growing, for just about everybody in our church, it's just, I could say like, okay, this person's being discipled by so-and-so, and they're growing in this way, and I'm looking for them to grow to this next thing. Um, praise the Lord. I see people growing in the Lord. Uh, also, we're blessed to be a church with children, adults, and retirees. We have multiple generations, and can I just tell you, there's not a lot of churches that get to have what we have. Um, I have seen uh, a few pastors share that like a sign of health in a church is crying babies. And um, man... Every time I hear that noise, I say, praise God. Because um, yeah, let me just tell you, I've got pastors that would, they would give their arms to be able to have what we have in children here. And so, um, by, and we do family integrated worship. And by the way, parents are pretty good about keeping their kids like in order. So, but every now and then, like kids are going to be loud. They're going to distract. And it's kind of like in scripture where it says like, you know, like you could have an empty stall that you don't have to clean poop out of. Um, but that means you don't have an ox, and you want an ox, man. Um, and we could have a nice, quiet service where everybody is above the age of 60. Now, I love people above the age of 60. We need them too. But um, can you imagine? I, can you imagine not having children? So I'm thankful. Praise the Lord. And we're seeing parents raise up children. Guys, I could go a long time about what a blessing this is. Praise the Lord. Uh, also, the gospel is preached, communion is shared, scripture is taught, and hymns are sung on a weekly basis. This is what makes us a church, you guys. Um, praise God. Um, and we're blessed with a church that loves the Lord and loves one another. Um, I love you guys. Um, I genuinely like am happy to be together. I don't go home and be like, man, I can't believe I had to deal with all those people. Um, man, I, I leave refreshed. Can I tell you, as a pastor, that does not happen very much. Even when you love your church dearly, Generally, you pour yourself out on Sunday in most churches, and there's not a reciprocation because it's kind of a one-sided thing. I am ministered to every time we come together. People encourage me. I see you all read the word as we teach, right? There's prayer. There's, there's something, man, and I leave way more energized spiritually than when I came in. This is a big deal, brothers and sisters. This is why we seek to protect it and build it up it's a good thing. Cool. All right, so a little quick note on Hungry Church in El Salvador and in Nicaragua. Can I just tell you guys, these last two years have been really hard on them. Um, I, um, there are some good things to share, but 
I mean, because the government has suspended the, uh, the Constitution there, uh, now we're at something like seven months of arrest. They can arrest you just because they feel like it and hold you for up to six months. Um, they can deny you trial. Uh, and we have had faithful brothers that admittedly were once in gangs, look pretty rough, and they will arrest them because they have tattoos. And um, so we have uh, Juan Carlos has just got sentenced to 12 years. He has not been active in a gang for 13 years. Uh, he was serving with us and faithful, and, and he's, he's gone. We have several others who have fled for their lives uh, or fled or have gotten arrested. Um, uh, our church there has struggled. Now, they're still meeting. I got reports from Ness last night. He sent me a picture of their, their hungry church meeting last night, and it was cool. And he's like, we had a great meeting. It was good. Pray for our brothers, though. Um, theoretically, Ness could get arrested any time, and, and I, we would not even know. Uh, because they don't have to give them a phone call, and they just throw them in what is effectively a concentration camp there. We pray for El Salvador. Nicaragua continues to meet. Um, there's some, some struggles for them, but let's just say it's a hard time, but they're doing the work. They still have the diaspora house. They're still housing. They're still discipling. They're still doing the work. Um, and then we recently had some opportunity for La Ivo, La Ivu, uh, for doing some outreach there in this kind of concentrated community. So pray for that to continue. The gospel's being preached. God is good. But they're, they're having a hard time. Um, all right, so next thing. Um, cool. All right, so the actual budget. Yay! Everybody's excited about it. So this is last year. Um, so over the course of nine months now, um, uh, Justin's going to stand up and be ready to ask questions that involve numbers. Because, um, you know, in Star Trek, when Bones would be like, I'm a doctor, not a whatever. Like, I'm, I'm a theologian, not a mathematician. And so I am not great with numbers. And the elders will tell you this. Um, I, uh, I steward well, um, but I tend to just like, oh, yeah, those numbers. There's a five and a six in there somewhere. Um, all right, so a couple of things. Over nine months, we had an average of $5,600 in general giving per month. Um, not a lot, but for our church, praise the Lord. Uh, and then we have had three months where we had over 10000 in general giving. So think about that. We had three months out of the year where our normal giving pretty much doubled. We have had that several times in recent years anyway, and it kind of makes it tricky for budgeting because we budgeted, actually, when we started the year, we planned for a deficit knowing we wouldn't have a deficit, right? Because we know that those anomalies get in, but we were trying to budget, like, well, what's our natural monthly? This year we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to split the difference of those uh, extras and kind of plan to budget for that extra giving that tends to come in. In any case, um, we're doing okay. We had some designated donations uh, that are made for specific things like benevolence or missions or hungry church. Those go right through. That's not general fund giving. We distributed $6,750 in benevolence, uh, which is, we've always been there to help, but now we're more structured. We have elders, and well, we have elders, but we, we have deacons. And so if there's a need in the church, uh, contact a deacon. Uh, if you know of someone that has a need and maybe they're not even saying it, you could go, hey, John, we know about this thing. I think it would be a cool thing for us to help out. And this is not just money. It might be that somebody needs help meeting a bill or they need food, or it could also be somebody is sick or is going through something and we're going to rally people to take meals. Uh, it could be a little mini construction project at somebody's house that we do an Amish style. Let's, let's get the men together and fix it. The idea, though, is that the deacons are here to help meet needs cool. Um, and we should, anytime a deacon calls and says like, hey, we need help with this, like, 
let's make sure we try to be a part of that. But we have designated funds to meet those needs. We distributed about 6,750 of those. Um, we could do more than that if needed. By God's grace, we have a reserve. Uh, that's just what's come to us in need. Um, here's another thing. 10% of our monthly giving goes to a specific type of missions. Uh, we do more than that to missions, but uh, we have been giving to the Alliance Great Commission Fund, but as we are no longer associated with the Alliance and we are concerned about the type of missionaries they're sending out, we wanted to designate that money specifically to someone we knew was a faithful gospel-preaching brother. Uh, well, Yuri Amari uh, is in uh, Berlin, Germany. He was a pastor here. Uh, he was actually pastor to uh, Denise and Dan Regato. He's been my dear friend He's doctrinally sound. We stay in touch. So we've essentially designated that same amount of giving because we know it's going to someone who's re preaching the gospel. A side note that's cool, Yuri, I mean, think about it. His name is Yuri Amari. So he's, uh, he's part Eastern European and part Jordanian. So he's kind of the perfect guy to be there because um, he's learning German. He's already known Arabic. And there's a whole lot of Arabs that are moving to Berlin, Germany. So he is ministering both to the Germans and to the, uh, the Arabs there. Wonderful ministry opportunity. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, we were learning today about how we were scattered to preach the gospel. Now people are being scattered into strategic locations where we can take the gospel to them. Anyway, um, uh, we continue to strong, be strong and continue to support uh, Hungry Church. That's a big part of our giving. We're going to actually budget that differently now because we've essentially said whenever there was uh, a surplus in a month, we take half of that and we'd give it to Hungry Church to support them. Um, now we're going to actually budget very specifically for that. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm talking about next year. Uh, our operating expenses, by the way, uh, include our technology fees, uh, pastoral housing stipend, that's me, insurance, all that kind of stuff. That's our operating expenses. Those stay pretty standard. Um, and then um, I, if you guys are interested in this, we have 45 total unique donors in 2022. Uh, that's giving units. Um, and then we have... By God's grace, a strong cash position. We have a really solid reserve, and we don't have any long-term liabilities. We don't have a mortgage that we're paying. Um, it's kind of cool, you guys. Uh, pretty good. We ended up finishing 2022 um, way ahead of what we had planned for. And so we have more unrestricted cash. I don't know if you can see at the bottom here. We'll email all this out, by the way. Um, but we have $34,263 in unrestricted cash. We're also sitting on... Uh, 18,826 of restricted cash. So it's, those are things that are designated to certain things. For our little church, that's pretty cool, you guys. We're in a pretty good spot financially. We're not over leveraged. God's good. That doesn't mean, by the way, that like, oh, stop giving because we have everything. Because um, let me just say, like, there's always more that we can do, praise the Lord. But also, and this is something that I would say I have neglected to bring attention to. Um, and it's one of the things I'm remiss that we don't, draw more attention to offering, not because we want to be a church that says, hey, give money all the time, but because it's an act of worship. And I want us to tie it to that. Like, I don't want us to forget that that's not just a bill we pay. It is an act of worship when we tithe to the Lord. And um, I am blessed to see, like, I, I, I think we're stewarding it well. If anything, I think we're maybe not spending enough uh, to meet certain needs. And so I'm, I'm praying for like, that's a pretty big cash reserve. God, what do you want us to do with that? Um, so all that said, uh, any questions, by the way? Justin, anything that I've missed? Cool.
Yeah. Praise the Lord. Which, a side note, um, thank you. That's I think that's a good good thing to a- attend to. Um, a side note, there are good churches that have buildings and are spending money on that. They're still doing faithful work. Um, so at times, if we're not careful, we're like, look at us. We don't have a building. We're awesome. We give more to missions. And there's a little part of me that, like, you know, that is really cool. Um, but, you know, I, we borrow a church when we do trail life. Like, they have a building. We borrow their building. And um, the body of Christ is doing different things. And so, praise the Lord. But I do really like that we have a big percentage that's going to, uh, to missions. Um, cool. All right. Next slide as we look to 2023 this year. Uh, so, as we mentioned, we've had kind of these months where there's like a big chunk of extra. So, it makes it a little bit hard to plan. Um, we're not complaining about that. It's like, oh, sometimes we have more money than we planned for. Uh, we're certainly not complaining about that, but we do want to be attentive to that. Um, we don't want to just not, we don't want to pretend that money's not there. If, if God has stewarded it to us, we want to use it well. So it's a little bit tricky to, to gauge. Also, we're recommending, we, we recognize that like some things are a little tricky economically right now, and we're trying to be wise as we look ahead to that. So the two de- categories of designated giving observe a multiple of higher donations in 2022. Um, and so we've kind of, we recognize we had more donations in 2022. We're planning for that. Um, and since designated donations are generally a pass-through, they don't really impact our giving. So if, you know, if somebody gives less to that, that doesn't affect our budget because that's designated. It's a pass-through anyway. Does that make sense? Cool. You guys are with? All right. Um, And missions distribution has uh, some correlation to the amount of donations received. We recognize before what we were doing is kind of a, well, we have this much surplus. We're designating that. We're budgeting that much more clearly. So there's a quarterly amount we're giving steadily now. That's pretty similar, but um, it allows us to just plan better. So we're expecting uh, kind of our projected uh, in income would be $78,500 in general tithes and offerings. And then we're expecting about $19,000 in uh, designated donations. Now notice that's lower, but that's because we're being conservative and it's like it doesn't change anything, but we're just, we're planning for that just in case it's lower. Um, But we tend to always do that. It tends to be higher by God's grace. Uh, Our expenses uh, should stay roughly the same, increasing a little bit. 48,500 is what we've budgeted. Uh, We're budgeting 23,500 for missions distribution. And then we're designating contributions of 22,000 for just when some like we're planning for people designating and and that being essentially a pass through. So our our expectation is that we'll come back at the end of the year 3,500 under budget. Uh, I don't like the word income, but it's there's a harder there's no really good word for that other than yes that'll be what is surplus. Um, and so. As far as operations percent of income, our operations are about 49.73%, and we get roughly 46, 47% to missions. Uh, pretty cool. And then we are going into the year with 37,763 in unrestricted cash. Okay, does that make sense to everybody? So hopefully you can kind of see we're, we're planning a little bit better, acknowledging that there tends to be more giving than we normally plan for. 
Um, and so hopefully we don't continue to build unrestricted cache till it's just this infinitely large number. Um, I will say we're, we are looking at that number and saying 37,000 is a lot for our little church. And so we want to pray if, if there's something that we see and we that or maybe even that like we as a church are like, this is something that we should support, we should do. Uh, we're open to that. So would you be praying about that? That doesn't mean we're going to dump all 37,000 on it. Uh, but we might be able to keep a pretty good cash reserve and be able to bless a ministry or do a very specific thing. So just be in prayer. If the Lord opened up a door, we'd, we'd do that. Um, cool. Any questions or did anything I didn't cover? Cool. All right. Any questions on this budget or any anything that you're like, whoa, 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 this is bad. Don't do that. Because um, we're about to vote to approve this budget plan. Yeah. Uh, not presently, <laughs> no. Um, well, not out of our budget, but certainly out of our taxes. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I will say, actually, uh, I'll benefit this. Uh, so we have a dear friend who he and his wife are Ukrainian, uh, but they came during the Soviet Union era, met here in the United States. They were part of a Ukrainian church, but they have been to some of our house churches and have gone through a lot of our house church training. They're in the process of trying to plant a house church uh, in a Ukrainian neighborhood in Cleveland. So no money is going to it, but certainly some effort and time and encouragement. Um, and I might know someone who helped that Ukrainian build his first AR-15. I might know somebody. <laughs> it's a cool thing to bring freedom to our guests. It's a good thing. Anyway, that's all hypothetically in Minecraft. I can't believe I said that, and I'm recording this right now. Anyway, I see this is when I've talked too much and my brain's tired. Anyway, any questions? Cool? Sorry about that joke. Um, all right, so in that case, we just need uh, members to vote. Obviously, we're glad everybody's here, but uh, we're just going to do, I think, a show of hand vote, unless there's anything we're like, no, this is not a good budget. Um, cool. All right, are you running this? Go for it. So we're just going to do a hand vote. We're not going to do paper or anything like that. We're not voting on, a, on an office or an individual. So um, if you're a member and you would like to uh, approve, excuse me, approve the budget, please raise your hand. Cool. From my angle, I thought I saw Jill holding up two hands, but that was just the <laughs> angle. I was like, Jill, you're only allowed one vote. All right. All right. I have 14. I think that's that's quorum. Is that yeah, right? or more than quorum. That's yes, we're good. All right. Um, so last thing then. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. All in favor? Aye. There we go. All right. Very last thing as we're as we're finishing out today. Uh, that's all our official business. I just want to point out. Please continue to make discipling a priority. Uh, preach the gospel. If there's one thing that I think our church needs to grow in, it's faithful evangelism. I think we do really well at discipling believers. In fact, I think by God's grace, like he's particularly gifted us in that. I'm thankful for that. Um, preach the gospel to the lost, you guys. Uh, we need that. And then disciple your children. That's really important. Uh, and then fight evil in the culture. Uh, I think I've said this before, but like there's some bad stuff going on in the culture. Uh, I'm hearing about pastors doing like pastor story time, um, or, or I'm hearing about pastors going and like all of the LGBT books in a library, just checking them out and never returning them. Um, I, I will say I've, I've been involved in ministry at a, an, at, at a abortion crisis pregnancy center, an anti-abortion crisis pregnancy center. Um, if you know of things that are like, hey, this is a thing that as a pastor or as a church, like we could do to fight this evil in our culture, 
Uh, I would love to hear ideas. I know there's things I'm doing, prayer particularly, but if anything you're like, damn, this would be cool, let's, let's do this, um, bring it to me. Uh, if you had an idea, I would take it. Um, anyway, uh, all that said, and then I don't know if you guys are familiar with the story of Boniface. Uh, not just a story, an account of he was ministering to the Norse people in what is now Germany. He preached the gospel. Several of them got saved. And then they're like, you need to show that Odin and Thor are false gods by chopping down Thor's tree. Because uh, everybody thought if you touch that tree, you'll die. So Boniface got an axe and he walked right out there and he chopped that pagan tree down. Um, I would say that we have elevated niceness in evangelicalism way too much. For crying out loud, when we saw Roe versus Wade overturned, and there were people saying, don't celebrate too hard because they need to grieve right now. I will never, ever want to comfort the grief of murderers. I think we need boldness. We need to be gracious and we need to be kind. But we need some boldness, like Boniface who's chopping down a tree and some Vikings just had to look on and be like, oh yeah, our gods are nothing. Um, or, or kind of like Simon, the, uh, the sorcerer, being like, oh, my magic tricks are nothing against this Philip guy and, and what God is doing through him. So could we just pray for some boldness? Would we be bold, preach the gospel? And if you see some strategic ways we can impact the culture with the gospel, let me know. Um, I mean, I would, I would stand outside the abortion clinic. Uh, I would do whatever bold thing we need to do if it is what God has directed us to do. Cool? All right. So Father God, thank you for your blessing. Um, thank you for being gracious with me as I'm talking too much today. Um, Lord, Would we be faithful this year with stewarding funds, with preaching the gospel, with making disciples? May your kingdom come and will be done. And we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all very much. I've never had people clap over a budget. That's (laughs) awesome. Yeah.